In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Ellicott has on this. This then is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you what the Son had received from the Father, this the apostles were to report to the world. This we've heard of him. The message that Paul heard and declared unto his readers that God is light came from the Son of God. It is Jesus who declared God's true nature, which was also uh, made visible through his walk on the earth. It was therefore that relationship that John had with Jesus Christ that revealed to him the true nature of God, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Ellicott on this, that God is light. All this John summing up with the Old Testament our Lord Jesus Christ said about the Almighty Fighter sweeps away in one simple declaration of truth. Light was God's garment in Psalm 104.2 to Ezekiel 1.28. The appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord was brightness to Habakkuk. His brightness was as the light. Christ had called the sons of God children of the light, John 12.36, and announced himself as the light of the world, John 8.12. In Hebrews 1.3, Christ was the refracted ray of the Father's glory, the express image of his person. To James, the Almighty was the Father of all lights, James 1.17. To Paul, he dwelleth in the light that no man can approacheth unto, 1 Timothy 6.16. To St. Peter, the Christian state is an admission into his marvelous light, 1 Peter 2.9. These ideas John comprehends. God is light. Light physical, because one, it was he who called everything first out of darkness, and two, from whom proceedeth all health and perfection, light intellectual, because uh, one, he is the source of all wisdom and knowledge, and two, in his mind exists the ideals after which all things strive, light moral, because his perfection shows that difference between good and evil is not merely a question of degree, but fundamental and final. And two, the life of Christ had exhibited the contrast sharply once for all. Thus, on this declaration depends the whole doctrine of sin. Sin is not merely imperfection, it is enmity with God. Not only is God defined by the apostle as light, he is also revealed in Scripture as spirit and love. By these three descriptive revelations of God, it is possible to see the great glory of his divine nature and the primary components which make it up, which are spirit, light, and love. And the Cambridge Bible on this, no one tells us so much about the nature of God as St. John. Other writers tell us what God does and what attributes he possesses. St. John tells us what he is. These are three statements in the Bible which stand alone as revelations of the nature of God, and they are all in the writings of St. John. God is spirit, John 4, 24. God is light, and God is love, 1 John 4, 8. In all these momentous statements, the predicate has no article, either definite or indefinite. We are not told that God is the spirit, or the light, or the love, nor in all probability that he is a a spirit, or a light, But God is spirit, is light, is love, spirit, light, love are his very nature. They are not mere attributes like mercy and justice are. They are himself. They are probably the nearest approach to a definition of God that the human mind could frame or comprehend. And in the history of thought and religion, they are unique. No figure borrowed from the material world could give the idea of perfection so clearly and fully as light. It suggests ubiquity, brightness, happiness, intelligence, truth, purity, holiness. 
It suggests excellence without limit and without taint. An excellence whose nature is to communicate itself and to pervade everything from which it is not of set purpose shut out. And end quote. All that is holy, good, benevolent, merciful, forgiving, and loving is contained in this simple axiom that God is light. From light also comes all that can be conceived as life in the universe. Light is the very source of life, without which it could not exist. It is also neither remarkable nor coincidental that the God who is himself divine light brought into the universe material light as an emblem of himself. Natural light is made of particles called photons, bundles of the electromagnetic field that carry a specific amount of energy. Albert Einstein's theory of special relativity expresses the fact that mass and energy are the same physical entity and can be changed into each other. Since God is light, he is a form of energy, albeit spiritual energy, and as such, God as a form of supernatural energy surely would contain the ability within himself to create matter, whether in either the natural or spiritual realm. No doubt we are laymen in the field of physics, but it is not hard to conceive how a supernatural God who is himself light and spiritual energy could create from his own essence the universe around us. To create anything, one must have the inherent abilities within them to do so. No doubt the nature and essence of God gave him the ability to create from himself in whatever way that may entail the world and the heavens as we know them. Since God is light in every respect, it is not reasonable that he would maintain fellowship with darkness on any level. A truly good and honorable man would never befriend nor share intimate fellowship with evil men. And the same can be said even more concerning a holy God. And just as God instructs those who believe on him to depart and have no fellowship with darkness, it is unreasonable to believe that he would do what he commands his people never to do. Proverbs 8.13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. Ellicott on this verse, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, because there can be never any truce between the kingdoms of light and darkness. Matthew 6.24 So if we are the friend of one, we must be the enemy of another. Light and darkness have never been combined and are never purposed to be. In the beginning, God divided light from darkness, which reveals it is by divine choice and not chance that each should be separated and never tempted to be merged, if that were even possible, which it is not. Verse 6 now. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth. It is remarkable that after declaring what Jesus Christ revealed to John and many others, that God is light, now he addresses the very important truth that no man can walk in darkness and maintain fellowship with him. The subject matter therefore turns to man to refute any false claims of any, though they walked in darkness, insisted they retain fellowship with God. Then as now, there were many who foolishly assumed relationship with the holy God, yet lived and pursued worldly behaviors contrary to him. But any who make such claims, the apostle assures us, lie, simply because it is incompatible that a God who is himself pure light would maintain any fellowship with darkness. He will not, and John wants to make this abundantly clear, that God will never fellowship nor maintain communion with darkness of any kind. Uh, Barnes on this. If we say we have fellowship with him, if we reckon ourselves among his friends, or in other words, if we profess to be like him, 
for a profession of religion involves the idea of having fellowship with God. And he who professes that he should be like him and walk in darkness, live in sin and error. To walk in darkness now commonly denotes to be in doubt about our religious state in contradictions from living in the enjoyment of religion. That is not, however, probably the whole idea here. The leading thought is that if we live in sin, it is a proof that our profession of religion is false. Until a man knows both who and what God is, he cannot worship him properly. This is because it is God's nature that ultimately defines what is or what is not sin. So that if a man believes that God is not pure light and a degree of darkness lives within him, then he can easily excuse the sin he knows that exists within himself. Thus, a man's view of God will directly affect what he views as sin in his own life. This is also why those ignorant of God and the level of divine purity that live in him are equally ignorant of the sin that lives within themselves. The point John makes cannot be overstated, simply because this evil world is filled with spiritual liars, many who openly claim relationship with God, yet live their lives without any subjection to God's word, will, or spirit. Either there is a disconnect and a contradiction in what the word of God reveals sin is, or in the people who sin, yet claim relationship with God. No doubt the error lies not in Scripture, but in those who will do their best to try and change the very description of good and evil, and or light and darkness. Sinners thus who have chosen not to abide in what is good and holy will seek to change it to fit their own carnal lusts and fallen nature, so that if men will not abide by the truth, they will soon seek to change it in others' minds what the truth is.